Welcome, IT Changemakers, to The Deck Show with Tim Flower and Tom McGraw. Let's get into it. Hello, Changemakers. You know what it is. It's Reality Bites show within a show within a show where Reality Bites panelists get to talk to fascinating colleagues, fascinating next thinkers. And we have a we have a wonderful next thinker for you today. His name is John Kearns. He's Senior Vice President for Technical Services. And it is a testament to how many interesting and insightful people people there are in this company. But I hadn't thought of inviting John on Reality Bites up until this point, until I saw a fantastic presentation from him in Barcelona and thought, why on earth haven't I done this yet? John, welcome to the show for the first time. It's lovely to have you. Thank you. An absolute pleasure to be here, Tom, as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, listen, I, you know, a lot of uh, next thinkers are going to know who you are and a fair few customers I expect as well. But for, for, for anybody who doesn't out there in the listening audience, please tell them a bit about yourself and what you oversee here, my friend. No, absolutely. So as you mentioned earlier, I mean, my official job title, I guess, is SVP of Technical Services, um, which sounds a bit ominous, I think is one way of putting it. Um, but really what I do, I, I lead the, the pre-sales teams, I lead our consultancy teams and also our CSM teams. Um, this global organization, we've got everyone from kind of the west coast of the US down to Melbourne in Australia. Um, but one thing I did joke about at our sales kickoff the other week, Tom, was really that I kind of sometimes think that I should change my job title to be the head of happy customers. Ah, um, yes, you did. Yeah, well, that's that's really, you know, the outcome that I'm trying to help me and my team are trying to achieve for NextSync. You know, if it's the SEs working during the sales cycle with potential customers, making sure they're happy, um, or even if it's with the, the CSMs and our professional services organization workers or our existing customers to get them happy. But but that's what I do. I help customers be happy, I guess, is the easiest way of thinking about you it. You delight them, John. You delight them. I try customers. to. <laughs> I think that would both be a really cool job title and it would make it look a little bit like you worked at McDonald's. You know what I mean? A little bit like <laughs> a little bit of both, a little bit of both. And uh, you've Throughout been a career, I may have done that before, but I'm not going into that right now. <laughs> we've all shoveled we've all shoveled the fries at times, man. We've yeah, all shoveled the exactly. fries at times. How did you well that pertinent to my next quick question, John, which is uh, you know, you've been here uh, longer than I have by I think a fair way. How, what was the road that, that brought you to uh, next thing? I think uh, I think whenever I talk about my career, I always kind of say it's it's almost been a game of three halves, if I can use that analogy. Um, <laughs> I don't think it works, but going, we'll stick with it. We'll no, stick with it. it. It does in my mind though. But um, the, the first half was very very technical. You know, I was an engineer actually. I was writing code, believe it or not, for software um, credit card authorization systems and things like that. And, and showing my age, I was writing code on Unix green screens using Visor text editor and setting breakpoints in it. That that really does show my age. But this was back in the day before there were fancy things like IDEs that made it easier and that. Mm -hmm. um, but that was kind of the first half. The second half was very much... Second half leading. was McDonald's, as we've covered. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that, like I said. The, sec the second half was more like leading sales, leading marketing teams, um, being a sales leader, being a marketing leader, believe it or not. And then the third half was where I really found that sweet spot, which for me is that customer facing technical functions like pre-sales, like professional services, like CSMs, um, where I could actually leverage that technical knowledge, but also that, you know, how do I talk to people and explain it knowledge at the same time? And that, that's really been the sweet spot. Ended up at a bunch of large American enterprise software companies working in like cybersecurity virtualization um, and then delighted to find my way to Nexic. 
where you you make a famous contribution and if i could just say it's rare you get to use this word but there's actually a word for what you just described where you have a one thing and then the opposite and then a combination and that is a dialectic what a what a lovely and posh word that i rarely get to use here on the on the deck show so forgive me forgive me that moment of pretension everybody and um let's get into the main theme for the discussion john which is uh, at ko barcelona one of your 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 main discussion points on the stage fantastic presentation as i've already said was around dex maturity so first of all from what are the cultural components from your 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 very first hand experience of the successful application of dex in an organization and i know you'll have seen it done very very well and perhaps not so well at times so you must have some some real insights there love to hear what they are first and first and foremost yeah no, I, I think I think that one of the key things is we, we all need to be realistic. You know, this isn't an industry where you can just install the software and it goes away and everything works fine and you don't need to do anything else. And um, you do need to build people around it and you need to build process around it. OK, um, and certainly that's kind of what we've been helping focus on to get our customers to that happy state. You know, it's not just about configuring and using um, what we provide, but it's about how we build that DexOps team around it. How do we hire the people with the right skill set? You know, how do we embed Dex into our existing processes? How do we create new processes around Dex? And we put a lot of thought and effort into that. And I think the way we were talking about it the other week at kickoff is we, we have to really get back to employees themselves and their kind of interaction with IT and with technology. So, you know, I'm kind of a happy employee. I'm going along doing my job. Everything's fantastic. And then suddenly I have this kind of disruption event, an experience disruption event. So maybe my team's call quality isn't great. Maybe my Wi-Fi is lagging a little bit or there's a, an application that crashes. It annoys me. Um, it disturbs my experience. It stops me being productive. It's not kind of bad enough for me to call the help desk yet. But I kind of try and live with it and fix it myself. And then it gets to the point where I actually open a ticket. At that point in time, I'm just annoyed about the whole thing. You know, this is where traditional service desk, ITSM kind of technology kicks in. Um, very few employees get to that point. Um, but when they do, they're not in a good place. Okay. So, so when we think about maturity, we really think about those three different aspects. The, the first one, you know, an employee's opened a ticket. Everyone's reactive at that point in time. We, we need to use DEX to help them almost be more than reactive, reactive plus, okay? We can use DEX technologies to actually help them understand, the help desk understand exactly what's happened with that employee. You know, where should they look? How can they fix it in a much more reactive way, but doing it in a much more efficient way than they could do in the past. But ultimately with DEX, what we wanna do is get before that. We wanna get them to be proactive. Let's get ahead of it before employees even open tickets. So, you know, when we start seeing those experience disruption events with one or two employees, hopefully we can get ahead of that and stop those disruption events happening for hundreds or thousands of employees. And that's a massive multiplier. But then the final stage is really get to preventive, you know, get ahead of those disruption events before they can even happen. And when you get there, that's kind of a thousand times multiplier. If you can make sure that, you know, the digital workplace that's been provided never has any challenges and you're in front of them before those challenges happen then you don't actually have employees being disrupted you don't potentially actually have employees opening tickets at that point in time because they don't need to and really that's kind of our core focus is how do we help our customers move through that maturity how do we help them build the right teams build the right process around it 
to enable them to get to that preventative state as quickly as possible. So, John, uh, our organization is obviously intrinsically linked to customer success. What's been the history of your engagement in this theme and how has it emerged in practice and how has your view of it evolved across the years? Well, first off, hey, Dina. I didn't know you were on the call. Hi, but John. Good to hear from well, you. Hi. <laughs> I do know this is my fault. I forgot to. You know, we're joined by Dina and Sean today. Yes, that is. So Sean will pop up too. But I'll pre pre warn you about Sean. Sorry, Dina. Oh, okay. Hi, Dina. Hey, Sean. I'm waiting for my like I don't know like my brother to come out in a minute and ask me a question about like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Um, so uh, yeah, customer success. I mean, I, I would say, you know, the phrase customer success can be viewed as one of those misused words in the industry at the moment. It's a bit like AI, it's a bit like cloud as well. You know, if I want to make millions of dollars, I'm going to start a customer success firm that uses AI in the cloud and I'll float it and make millions, believe me, because it's the best buzzwords ever. Right, I'm um, off. I'm off. <laughs> I was going to bring you into it, Tom. But uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, customers, if you think about what we're talking about there, like customers don't buy technology, okay? They, they don't buy products that they, they buy based on the promise of business outcomes is what they do. And the business outcomes really need to drive value. OK, now I, I use the word value carefully um, as when you say that everyone sort of goes, you know, show me your ROI spreadsheet. I want to look at the TCO and things like that. Um, value isn't necessarily always an ROI TCO spreadsheet. You know, sometimes people want to look at saving IT time, becoming more efficient in IT, reducing tickets and things like that, reducing the cost of IT. Um, sometimes people want to look at saving employee time. Um, if you look at like the big consultancy firm, law firms, anyone that has knowledge workers that are billing for their time or generating value from it, for them, their currency of value is very much about let's remove those digital distractions from those employees. It's not necessarily about reducing IT costs at that point in time. Some people want to increase the speed and success of their digital transformation. So the long answer to your question, Dina, actually, but I'm passionate about it. I, I think for me, customer success is very, very easy to say. It, it's about first off, understanding the business outcomes that customers want to achieve and also how they need to measure the value and then delivering against that. And, and I guess I've seen many other sort of CS teams at other organizations saying we need to focus on adoption, less track of the customers using this shiny new widget or not. Um, none of that matters at all. You know, technology focus does not matter. It matters if they get the customers getting the business outcome from the technology and they understand the value to them. And, and in my mind, that's what customer success is, really. Totally agree. And what do the analysts say about this topic that really stands out to you? Is their uh, thinking more or less aligned to our mindset? Uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that the, the reality is we, we've got at Nexing, you know, the largest team of DEX maturity experts in the world. Okay, we've, we've got over 200 people whose only focus is to help customers execute against their DEX strategy and build their maturity and be successful. And with our customers, we've also got the largest kind of DEX community in the world of customers that share their best practice and knowledge between themselves as well. Um, so I guess my answer to the question is the analyst view is very aligned to ours because the reality is the analysts are asking our customers how they build DEX maturity. Um, and they're sharing all the great work that we've done to help them achieve that. Um, so I think it is very aligned to what we're saying because they're learning from what we've done, so absolutely. 
Hey, John. Sean here. Sean. How's it going? It's been Pretty a while. Good. Yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's nice to hear your voice again and see your face. Um, I, had a, I have a question. So I know, you know, Dex Maturity, when I started a couple years ago, I think Tom and I started around the same time, around four years ago. When you talk about Dex Maturity, that's something we've been advocating to customers pretty consistently for years. Um, but I do feel like there's, there's previously been a sense that maybe the market wasn't quite ready for it back then. Do you think this has changed? And, and if so, why now? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question, actually. And I, I think the answer is yes, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, everyone in the world in this industry is really starting to see the benefits and the value of adopting that DEX mindset. Um, you know, if you, if you, well, bit of a history lesson here. Again, I'm going to show my age because I know none of Tom won't recognize any of this, but he knows a lot of big words, apparently. That I don't Go know on. What they mean. Go on. Let's see. Um, but if you, like the whole of IT, if you think about it, they've kind of really been focused on ITIL, ITSM, Service Desk for the last 30 years is what they've done. So ITIL itself, so you go, Tom, do you know where ITIL came from, the ITIL framework? Mm, no, go ahead. No? Okay, so ITIL was developed actually in the late 80s, early 90s by the UK government. Okay. It's actually, a, ITIL is a UK government framework that they developed. Um, and they developed it to standardise how IT management is performed across different government functions in the right. UK government is what they did. Um, so that, that's where it comes from, that whole concept of ITIL, ITSM and things like Another that. Another British government success story, John. And no, <laughs> exactly. 30 years ago, the people are still using it. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. And it was great, don't get me wrong. I was actually working in the industry. I was working for probably the largest service desk uh, software vendor at that time in the industry. So I remember when ITIL came about and embedding it in service desk process and it, it was great it was absolutely the right thing at the time um but the whole concept of that was really focused on the fact that the service desk is the only way that we can know if employees are experiencing issues and fix them is if they call us you know that that's the whole concept you have to call us to tell us you're having an issue let's try and fix it um but the problem is they don't call we know that and when they do call, it's almost too late. So it's really just not the world we live in today. So kind of as I talked about earlier, you know, with DEX, you can see those issues before they lead to any disruption and you can fix them proactively. That's what we're trying to achieve. And that, that's what everyone wants. You know, no one wants to deal with unhappy employees who are forced to call the service desk to get their issues resolved. So the industry is clearly moving away from that reactive service desk approach to mm -hmm. a proactive DEX based approach. And I think that's really the shift in the market that we've seen in the last few years. Hmm. Very cool. And then kind of to follow that uh, strain of thought. So for a more explicit DEX focus uh, and trying to be proactive, what are, what are some of the main obstacles to embracing uh, that type of ethos, that type of philosophy? What's key and what's key for getting over those obstacles for any individual organization? Yeah, I think the key thing for us is that it does need to be a journey, okay? So, you know, the maturity definition that I touched on earlier, we have a lot of information behind that. We talk about um, the different structures you can make in your desktop centers, the kind of roles you need to have, the job descriptions, the process. There's a lot of information behind that. But we also recognize that you can't consume all of that in a week. You can't build a desktop team in a week. You can't hire all those people in a week. 
Um, so we need to think about this as a journey that we help our customers evolve along. Um, and the best analogy is kind of, you know, the GPS or sat nav in your car. If you're planning to drive between London and Manchester or Boston, and New York or Paris and Marseille, wherever you want to go, you, you know where you're starting from. You know where your end destination needs to be, but you need to have the sat nav GPS plan your journey and also the stops that you want to make along the way. And that's exactly kind of the pragmatic approach I think we need to take with Dex. You know, most people know the vision. They want to get to proactive, instant avoidance, you know, employees not having any issues, perfect IT. They kind of know where they're starting from, um, but we need to help them plan that journey. And that journey really has to have stops along the way. They need to be able to capture business outcomes and the value associated with it along the way. And sometimes there's some low hanging fruit we can help them with, like visibility or even ticket reduction, as we help them on that journey to proactive IT. And for me, it really has to be that pragmatic journey, pragmatic journey. Sorry, I'm struggling to say that word, Tom, let alone the word you said earlier. Let alone but, uh, dialectic. Oh, yeah. Dialectic. Yeah, there you go. Really I'm going to look that go. one up later. Drop um, that one. We need to everyone's, everyone's different. Everyone's got a different journey. Everyone's got different timings they want to achieve. But it's very much about making sure they can achieve those business outcomes in the time they want and the value associated with it while they're heading towards that vision of proactive IT. Now, John, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but me and you have a, have a history of bumping into one another in airports. And yes. uh, one, time we had, uh, we, one time we had the experience of uh, just the most insane delays. We were in a queue together for like two and three quarter hours or something. It was just going nowhere fast. And of course, the yeah. reason, we're, uh, the reason we, we cross paths in airports is we're, we're, we're both English. And uh, we have a little, a little ritual on these episodes of Reality Bites, if you will, where we invite guests to tell us what they what they love about being a next thinker and i will concede that this kind of question to an english person doesn't you know the answer you know they're a little awkward they're a little awkward we don't we don't thrive with these kind of questions but i I, you know i do suspect you 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 love next think and uh, obviously you're one of its best evangelists in a very real way so i am as much as i enjoy putting you on the spot to say something kind of a little bit corny maybe i'm also curious to know what your answer is so what do you love about what do you love about next thing john is my long way of saying many, that many 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 things tom i mean many I many, many the, things you know, stop. many <laughs> many things um the the table stakes for me are the technology i mean just to put that on the table and, and yes we sure. have the best you know i i come from a technology background uh, mm-hmm. like you know technology for me is core to what i do and that's great that's kind of table stakes um, but on top of that, I think the thing I love most, well, two things, I guess. What, one is our customers, okay? The, the fact that we've got the best technology, the fact that we've got this extensive um, fan base in our customers, um, hearing the success that our customers deliver, hearing them talk about what they've done with NextSync and achieved it um, is just absolutely fantastic. And I couldn't ask for anything more than that. And then the second part is also the people that work at NextSync. I think the fact we've got the best technology, that we've got the best customers that really rave about us, leads us able to really bring on board the best people at the same time. So those three things, I guess, Tom, you know, the technology combined with the customers that we've got and the passion they've got and the passion and enthusiasm that all our NextSync have got as well. For, for me, they kind of combine into a dialectic. No, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, done. well done straight away. 
Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is effusive as an Englishman will become about his job. <laughs> it doesn't get any more effusive than that, but it was pretty effusive. So, uh, John, okay. it's been a, a delight to have you on. I, honestly, I'm not not no BS. Couldn't couldn't believe it's been so long. It's been as long as this that we've been having next thinkers on, and we haven't thought to invite you. So you must come on again in the future. It's been a pleasure to have you, mate. No, absolute pleasure, and thank you so much, Tom, uh, Sean, and Dina as well. Yes, the surprise, the surprise voices Thank on this you. episode. Thank you, John. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. If you'd like to learn more about how NextThink can help you improve your digital employee experience, head over to nextthink.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.